Hello, I hope that you're having a wonderful day today. So today's video is going to be for the single lady. So I'm going to share with you three tips that were given to me when I was single. And to this day, they have stuck with me now as a married woman. And I just feel like they really helped me during my single years because in my opinion, being single is not easy. <laughs> it's actually very challenging to be single, especially when you deeply desire marriage. That was me. I had never had a boyfriend until I was 25 and I met Scott. So I understand the struggle of singleness. However, you can use your singleness season very wisely. And I'm hoping that the tips I share with you today will be inspiring and helpful and practical because <laughs> we want our singleness season to be as short as possible once be we become an adult. We don't want these long single years. That's very hard, especially if you want to be married and have children. The younger that you get started on those things, the better. And that's because we believe that marriage is good and we believe that having children is good and that children are a blessing. So we want those things. So we don't want these long drawn out single seasons. So I pray that if you're watching this and you deeply desire marriage, I pray a quickening that God will bring you a high value husband and that you can also use this time to max out your value, to become an extremely valuable girl that a high value man will be attracted to. So tip number one is from Leslie Ludi. I discovered Leslie Ludi and Eric Ludi when I was 19 years old. They actually had their videos on Google videos. They shared their testimony. And this isn't the tip, but this is a tip. Um, find people's testimonies of their marriage. That was so helpful for me. Listening to Eric and Leslie Ludi share their testimony and how God brought them together. I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I want. So I highly recommend finding and listening to other people's stories of how they met godly love stories that will encourage you and give you faith uh, and, and really make you excited. I feel like it gave a vision for me that my hope is to get married and all of this is gonna be worth it. I'm gonna steward this season in the best way I know how because it's going to be worth it in the end. So the tip that Leslie gave was from Proverbs 31. The book of Proverbs is an amazing book to study during your single years. The Proverbs 31 woman is the ideal picture of a married woman. So studying her and learning to become all of those things while you're single is amazing. Like my friend Jordan Sparks says on her Fruitful and Fearless podcast, you can be fruitful even in your singleness. You can be fruitful even before you have children. So read the Proverbs 31 woman and see how fruitful she is and learn from her. But specifically what Leslie Ludi pointed out was from Proverbs 31 12, where it says she does her husband good, not harm all the days of her life. And she really put an emphasis on all the days of her life. And that means even before she meets her husband, she's doing her husband good and not harm all the days of her life before she even meets him. I had never thought about that before, that even as a single girl, I could be honoring my husband right now. So how are the ways that you can be honoring your husband right now as a single girl? One of them is by protecting your purity at all costs. 
Do whatever you can to protect your purity and to be able to keep that as a gift to give to your husband someday. And if you are someone where you've already made mistakes, God is a redeemer. He loves you and he can redeem any past mistake and you can start now. Fresh start and now start protecting your purity for your future husband. Number two, you can do your husband good by praying for him. Asking God, what are the things that my future husband needs prayer for today? I did this when I was after listening to Leslie Ludi, I was like, I'm gonna start praying for my husband. And I did. I even started my senior year of college. I started a group called 515. And once a week we would meet at 515 and we would all pray for our future husbands. And then after I graduated college, I had a 30 minute commute to work. And so on my way to work, there was this sign and I literally used the sign as a sign, a reminder to pray for my future husband. So it was about the halfway mark. And every day as I drove past it, it was a reminder for me of Lord, what does my husband need prayer for? Or just praying a blessing over him, blessing his day, blessing him with wisdom wherever he is that God would direct his steps. And I truly believe that that time that I had spent years before meeting Scott played a huge role in me actually meeting him. I mean, it's a miraculous story of how Scott and I met to begin with. And it's like only God could have done it. And I truly believe that me praying and partnering with God on it was huge in Scott and I meeting. And so you can be praying for your husband right now. Something else you can be doing to do your husband good and not harm is to really become a virtuous woman. So use this time to become a God-fearing woman. Read your Bible. And this kind of ties into what I'm going to be talking about later on, but learn to be obedient to the Lord. Learn yieldedness to God, and you can use this time to really become a virtuous woman of God. And then you could also use this time to do your husband good by becoming a skillful woman, by learning skills that you can then bring into your future home economy. That could be things like learning how to cook. I mean, your husband will totally be blessed if you learn how to cook now before you meet him, especially like learning key meals that you feel you're really good at. Learn those things. Spend the time now to learn how to how to make food that you enjoy making. You can learn how to meal prep. You can learn how to make cleaning products or face care products that will save you money in the long term and will keep you looking younger because you're taking care of your skin. You can make laundry detergent. You can learn about herbalism and make your own home apothecary so that way in the future when you have children, you'll be able to be like, oh, an earache? I have something that can help with that. Oh, a headache? I have something that can help with that and you save doctor bills. <laughs> so there's so many things that you can do now as a single woman that you can practice that one day will be extremely valuable in your home economy. And I haven't even touched on knitting or sewing or coming up with hobbies, things that you really enjoy. Use the time that you have now to really develop those skill sets. You can also be honoring your husband right now by how you interact with and how you date guys. So that looks like treating other guys like they are someone else's husband. I remember doing this as a single girl, even the guys that I was really interested in. I remember being so mindful of, okay, this, what if this is someone else's husband? And that totally changes the way that you interact with them. That doesn't mean you're like super weird about it. It just means that you are respectful towards them, that you're honoring towards them. It means that you're not this like 
flirty all over these guys that might not be your husband and might actually be someone else's husband. And it's interesting because it's like, I don't mean to not smile, not be pleasant. Definitely remain feminine, be receptive, be kind, like be engaging. Don't be gross, flirty, desperate, needing attention. Be confident, be secure in your femininity, dress well, smile, be pleasant. And doing all of those things, you are still honoring him and you're honoring his wife and you're honoring your future husband. And that's the same when it comes to dating. You can date guys well. You don't have to not date to be honoring your future husband. You can date guys, protect your purity while you're dating and not waste time. So that's where Scott and I, we don't encourage years of dating the same person if there's not a level of commitment. We think that you can really shorten the level of your dating timeline if both people are being honest and have evaluated their values and are good at communicating those things. So you can do that during this time is really learn your values, what's important to you, because then when you do meet someone, that's something that you'll have, you'll be able to identify their values very quickly. So that's all doing your husband good, not harm all the days of your life before you even meet him. And now tip number two came from my boss when I was working at uh, the seminary, I was a graphic designer. And I remember she said to me, Kelly, the guy that God has for you will not play games with you. And it sounds so simple, but it was so profound to me because much of my experience with guys were game playing. I feel like I was always confused. I never knew where they stood. I felt that they liked me, but that was never communicated. So I was like guessing and it, it was just very confusing. I was always struggling with confusion. If you're confused, then the guy isn't doing a great job at being honest with you about his intentions towards you. When I met Scott, we had known each other. Well, we had spent time together for five days and then uh, when he, I don't want to tell our whole love story. I've said this before. We, we need to do our video on our love story. We will. We'll do it hopefully soon. But he was very honest with me. On our first date, Scott made his intentions very clear to me. He said, I would like to date you with the intention of marrying you. And then he said, like, I'm sure we talked about some of that. And then he said, also, I am not going to kiss you until what would be our wedding day. And I've told this to some people and they thought it was weird, like freaked them out. I didn't think it was weird at all. I loved it. I was so grateful that Scott told me right where he stood, right what his intentions were. And I didn't have to guess. I didn't have to wonder or be confused. He told me, he told me (laughs) straight up, this is my intention. And this is my intention. If we do date, I'm not going to kiss you until our wedding day. And I was so relieved, even like kissing me until my wedding day. That was like my deepest desire. I just didn't think any guys would ever actually do that. So it's a good thing. (laughs) You want a guy to be honest with you about his intentions towards you. And a lot of times the guys who aren't honest about their intentions are either very shy, reserved, you know, they might need some help in that area. It doesn't mean that they're, you know, not God's will for you if they're not great at communicating their intentions for you. Unfortunately, this isn't something that most guys have been 
equipped to do. So you can't just automatically expect it, but it is important that they're not playing games with you, that they're not like, you know, interacting with you and then interacting in other girls the same way. You know, if if a guy, if you think a guy's really interested in you and then you go see him act like the same friendly flirtatious way with another girl, it's like, okay, this is just him. He doesn't like me. He likes girls. And so I think like, but you'll know that. And that's what I'm trying to say is you'll know when a guy is honest and really wants to be with you. You don't have to guess. If you're guessing, it's nothing's probably going to come of it. If you're confused, nothing is probably going to come of it. The guy that God has for you will make it clear that he doesn't have eyes on anyone else, that his intention is toward you. Even if, unfortunately, he fails to communicate that, if he shows you that with his actions, then he's not playing games with you. So yeah, that really blessed me. And again, when I met Scott, I was like, oh my gosh, he's not playing games with me. Praise God. Okay, so then that brings me to my final tip, which was from my mentor, Pastor Tim. And he said to me, Kelly, use this season to learn obedience to the Lord now while you're single. If you learn to be obedience to God, no matter the cost as a single woman, you can bring that into your marriage and it will be so much easier to obey God as a married woman. And then when you have kids, it'll be so much easier to obey God as a mother because you've already practiced years of obedience to the Lord. And so that's what I wanna encourage you with today. Use this season of your life to become radically obedient to the Lord. Learn to seek him, to seek his will, to hear his voice, because then this ties right into when you get married and learning how to submit to your husband. By learning to submit to Jesus now while you're single, it'll be so much more normal to submit to your husband and to his leadership because you are submitted to the Lord. And that looks like as a single girl taking risks and when God is leading you somewhere that's really uncomfortable to take that risk. For me that looked like I was 24 years old, I was working as a graphic designer at a seminary and I felt that I was supposed to quit my job and go out to mission school so that my sister felt the same way. Was it foolish? Yeah. Did we feel like we were being obedient to God? Yes. We felt God confirm over and over and over again that we were supposed to go to this mission school. And you know what? Had I not gone to that mission school, I would have never met Scott. It was because I went to that mission school, I was placed in a small group with a couple named Josh and Rachel who was starting a mission base in South Africa and Josh happened to be best friends for years with Scott. So had I never quit my job, which looked foolish, to go to mission school in California, and then a year later decide to go to South Africa, which also looked foolish as a single girl to go to South Africa, traveling by myself looked foolish. But again, God made it so clear that that's where I was supposed to be. And because I went, I was able to meet my husband. So spend this time to really seek God and to be obedient, even with when what he's calling you to do looks foolish. David said, I will become even more undignified than this. One time I made a, a keychain to put on my keys that said undignified because I had so much fear of man. And I was like, I am done. I do not want fear of man in my life. I want to fear God only. And fearing God only looks like doing things that are foolish to the world, but living obedient to him. And it is always worth it to be obedient to him, even if it doesn't make sense to you. I mean, our whole marriage, before I met Scott, 
I lived this life of radical obedience and I was able to bring that into marriage. And I actually think that was something that was hugely attractive between Scott and I. He also was living a life of obedience to the Lord. So when we met each other, we're like, oh, praise God. This is someone who no matter what is going to seek to do God's will, who is always going to seek God's heart for decisions. And even when him and I disagree about things, at the end of the day, it's Lord, your will be done. We want to seek you. We want to be obedient to you, even if it's very uncomfortable. And I mean, we have had very uncomfortable situations. We've lived through situations where it's like to the world, it looks like we're foolish. <laughs> We've moved 11 times in less than six years of being married. Does that sound foolish? Maybe, but we can give a testimony for every single one of those moves and how God's provided and how it was a blessing and all the good things that came from it. So use this time now as a single woman to really become a woman who is laid down for the Lord, who is yielded to the Holy Spirit, who seeks the Lord and his will for your life, no matter the cost. And you will have testimony after testimony after testimony of the goodness of God in your life. And you will be able to bring that into your marriage. You will be able to train your children to be obedient to the Lord, no matter the cost, because that is just going to be a lifestyle. It's going to be a part of who you are and what you do. So I hope that these are helpful tips for you today. And I pray that your season of singleness is short <laughs> and that God would bring you an amazing husband. And also that this season, it doesn't have to be wasted. It doesn't have to be rushed through, but it can be stewarded well to where you can look back on your single years or your single season and be very grateful for all the things that God did, how he's directed your steps. So I hope that this is a blessing and I bless you and have a wonderful rest of your day. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please leave us a review. And if you want to follow along on YouTube, our channel is Scott and Kelly. And my Instagram page is home with Kelly, Kelly with an I. Thanks so much. And we hope you have a blessed day.